This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Yeah, and Jason once again talks through the <laughs> end of the intro. intro. This is kind of a thing at I this point. I, I even gave a three, two, one <laughs> countdown. Um, yeah, and then it, it has no no merit for Mr. Hill here. Um, visor today. A lot, Mark Richt. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a visor kind of day. Apparently, we are going to be talking about 49ers Chiefs, Jason, and this is actually the first conversation on this channel about 49ers versus Chiefs because. Me and you were both a part of a wedding. Uh, we are, we took part in a wedding yes. on Sunday. Alex got married. Me and you were there. So we had to play catch up on watching the game. We didn't get to see the whole game in its entirety. That's for sure. Uh, and I'm kind of glad about that, that we didn't see it um, at first. But, you know, going back through it, it was not fun, especially when you know that they lost and, and that they struggled down the stretch. And, yeah. But we'll get into some of the Chiefs, of course, 49ers versus Chiefs. Uh, and have that conversation and then also turn it over to the Rams at some point during the episode. Start looking ahead because if the 49ers get a win over the Los Angeles Rams and go to four and four with three and own the division, I still feel really good about them going into the bye, which is it's it's sad to say, but four and four would be an improvement over last year's three and five. It is. Four and four and the sweet more importantly even than than the the three and oh I, I think is the two and overs the Rams. Right. That it, basically puts us Three games up on them. That so. puts a huge buffer between you and the Rams. 
you have a you know a victory over the Seahawks too, who are you know one of the best in the division. Playing really well, shockingly. yeah. So if you got you play the Seahawks again, if you were to win that and go two over them, uh, you have opportunities to win through your division, and I yeah. I think that that is at least good news for the 49ers and something we can conti- continue to hang our hat on even when there's tough losses like this. Yeah, it was it was something. I mean, you know, what, like we were saying at Buffalo Wild Wings. Get in the damn end zone. Yeah, you can't play field goals against the Chiefs. That game is enti- entirely different. If instead of being thirteen seven, it is twenty one seven. Yeah, it, it's, it takes a it, whole different context. It, it probably changes Andy's play calling a little bit. Uh, it's just there's, bad. There's also you know mistakes that the Forty Yards make that lose scoring opportunities that are even worse than kicking field goals over touchdowns including Jalen Moore jumping off sides, which could have went the 49ers way after the the fumble on the you know the punt return. However, Jimmy Garoppolo also turned over the football. He threw a five yard Hail Mary. Yeah, it, it, it was not <laughs> it was it, it was not ideal. Uh it was not it was fun bad. to watch. It was very frustrating. And you know, let's talk about what else was frustrating though, I don't because I think I've seen you with such a d- disdainful look on your face, and right after that, that taking a long time. Well, because uh, you're you were just mesmerized by the idiocy of that throw. Well, I was very frustrated. Because <laughs> let, let's, I mean, you're, you're, Jimmy Garoppolo is a veteran in this league. He understands, you know, that situation. Yeah, he's getting pressure into his face, and I'm not even going to talk about Jeff Wilson Jr. I don't think that was the read. I don't think he was the the guy that he was supposed to go to, even though Wilson Jr. was uh, open. I think Jimmy needed to, he was under pressure. He needed to get rid of the football. But those are those ones you throw out of the end zone. You live to fight another day. You kick the field goal, yeah. and you walk away with three. Yeah, you don't want field goals, but turnovers are worse. And that's why it was a little frustrating for me, at least. It certainly was. It was, just, it, it was, it was one of those old Jimmy throws where you're like, oh, man, that was like, Freaking back in the day, was just throw it up there and hope something good happens. Yeah, I mean, and it. Let, let's talk. Let, let's talk about another thing that was a little bit frustrating was 49ers defense. Uh, the 49ers defense. I mean, we knew it was a tough task going against this Kansas City Chiefs team, um, and the Chiefs did a very good job of taking advantage w- of what the 49ers were giving them early on. The 49ers defense made plays. Howell Fong with the interception off Tayshawn Gibson, uh, and they got after Mahomes a little bit. But after that. It was just like it scoring, 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 third down, scoring. Third down, first down. It didn't matter. Yeah, and we know they're one of the best on third down in the league. The Kansas City Chiefs were. The Niners are one of the best on getting teams off the field on third down. Something had to give, and it did. It was the 49ers defense that gave, and they really took advantage of you – know, they beat Charverius Ward. They targeted him six times. There were six completions. They targeted on Jimmy Ward six times. Six there were six completions. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so the wards uh, did not wasn't a lockdown ward no. against Kansas City. It was an open uh, ward. Yeah, and uh, Jason, I want to know how you feel about Charverse, but I believe that their knowledge of his game That's is exactly what it. definitely got it going because he likes to play on top they of wide receivers, of lots of back shoulders, yep. and then when he finally switched it up, they hit him over, over the, the top. top. Yeah. It was uh, it was frustrating. But what do you feel about this 49ers defense? I know I, I don't want to put all of it into one game because. They've had two struggles over the last couple of weeks in different manners. Do you think this is a trend, or is this just a bump in the road? It, it, it's, it's a bump. It's a little more than a bump, because until Armstead is back, that's a big hole. Um, in the games he's played this year, they, they're allowing like 64 yards a game on the ground. In the games he's missed, it, it's like 130. Like it's a huge jump. Now, some of that, too, is a 
you know, a little better team and stuff, but still, if we can neutralize the run game and make teams one-dimensional, then it really helps. So I, I think that's that, that's a big thing is we need Armstead back as soon as possible. I don't think he's going to play this week, so hopefully he's back for, for Arizona game and and Charger games too because those those teams like to run the ball. So Yeah, playing the Rams, you might not need him. It'll give you extra time. We know he played about half of the first Rams game. It'll give him extra time to get healthy. The way Andy Reid attacked the run game early in the in the football game was pretty smart. He used McCall Hardman to get on the edge. Yep. And McCall Hardman made it difficult for the 49ers, you know, secondary players to be able to come up and fill in those situations. It was a it was a good game plan by him. And do you expect anything else? No. Uh, but then he was able to get his run game going off of that. That's when he Clyde Edwards Hilaire came in and he got his runs and Derek McKinnon got a couple of, of nice runs as well. So they did a very good job of establishing the outside run with McCall Hardman on this on the sweeps, and also uh, just Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things and getting the ball to Travis Kelsey. It, it was interesting that the numbers for George Kittle and Travis Kelsey ended up being identical at one point. Six six catches, ninety eight yards. Uh, that's pretty ridiculous. And that include a big drop from Kittle too. But um, I I see I I I just think that that we saw on Sunday. Why Andy Reid is one of the top ten coaches of all time. I, I just I feel like he ran circles around D'Amico and Kyle, which is not a knock on those two. Like Andy's been good for twenty years at, at, at what he does, and he, I, I, I happened to catch something on the radio, and they were talking to a guy from Casey. He goes back to like random like teams and playbooks from from the forties, and like we'll try and add a little bit to that and then mix it in with with Hardman and Kelsey Mahomes and it, it's it was actually really amazing just how much he will try and find something to that that he can use from from like a a wing T even like it's well we saw it in the Super amazing. Bowl in 2019 yeah. he ran some single wing type stuff they did the you know the the twist the turns uh, that's, that's smart, right? Using every element of offense, you know, to your disposal. I mean, the the 49ers defense, you know, they have a lot of things that they have to pay attention to when you're playing the Chiefs. And D'Amico came out with a game plan. They tried to run man up. They tried to, you know, play these receivers and press them. And it felt like once Andy Reid figured out what they were doing, he was able to kind of, like, make the necessary adjustments. Uh, so I think the 49ers, you'll go back to the drawing board. The good news is you will, the only way you see the Kansas City Chiefs again is if it's in the Super Bowl. And you can come up with a really good game plan because now you've seen what, how they attacked you. Usually it's tougher to play against them, you know, the, the other time. team the second time. That so, being said, I'm still not sure I want to see KC in February, though. No, I don't either. I, I, don't. I, th I think I'd rather see even the Bills even. Yeah, I'd rather see the Bills as well um, because Patrick Mahomes has been on that stage before uh, and Andy Reid knows how to win those games. You're right. I I'm with you on that. I don't want to see that. Uh, I think I do want to say before we move on to another topic, I don't think this is the 49ers defense we're going to see for the whole year. I think they've had a couple of bad games. One off. Um, I think what will happen is now they'll get back to it. Here come the Rams. Here comes a familiar opponent and they'll be able to get into it and, and no get Cam after Akers. it. Yeah, exactly. Too. No Cam Akers. And so let's talk about the 49ers offense because the 49ers offense, it was interesting. It was so exciting during the first half. 
Every time Christian McCaffrey came into the game, it's like, oh, buzz. Here, here, here we go. Here we you go. Feel it through yeah, the damn TV. You could. And, you know, that first crazy. drive, they were rolling. They got the run game going. Jeff Wilson Jr., Christian McCaffrey. They were switching them in and out. Like, they were making things happen. And then next thing you know, um, it's like the offense kind of slowed for a while. Once again, when we get off the script. But now, here's something that I was really, really concerns me about the offense going forward. If you take out the picks, fixes, and the Panther game, okay, even with the the ten points or something that they've scored that they scored against KC in the third quarter, they're averaging one point eight points so far in the third quarter. Yeah, and I, I that concerns me a little bit because. Kyle's not adjusting to what the teams are doing coming out of halftime. It's off script. There's something, there's something there. I mean, as a whole, they're averaging just under 18 the game if you take out the Carolina game. And so, and that, that includes the game with the Seahawks too. So the offense is not there. Like it's, and, and it's in that second half, especially, we've seen all year long, it's bad. And another thing I saw, when, when entering the fourth quarter with Kyle, if we're down by three or more, he's one in, one in 30. Yeah. I mean, the, the offensive second-half struggles uh, have, have been a real thing. They are a real thing. That's something they're going to have to fix. Um, the thing is, is it's the first half of the season, so they do have an opportunity to fix it, but it is now becoming glaring. Now, it's more glaring in this game because – do, do you have to score the entire game to be able to keep up with an offense like Kansas City? And you may have to do the same thing against the Buffalo Bills if you were to play them the in Bills, a championship. The Chargers even, too. The good news is they play in the NFC, where yeah. everyone has struggles on offense. Uh, Tampa Bay struggles to score. The Rams struggle Three to score at times. Uh, so I think that's the good news for the 49ers as far as where they play. But... Uh, if you're going to be a championship team, Offense you need better. to be able to play offense consistently for four quarters. They haven't found it there. Uh, they've played a few games defensively where all four quarters have been good, but they've yet to do that on offense. They've yet to do that on special teams, and those are things they're going to have to fix moving forward, or they're not going to be a team that can be considered a championship team. Well, they, true, and it, it it's frustrating because... You and I are so accustomed to Niners offense being really good. Well, I think anyone that grew up in the and, 80s and, and 90s, right, they're used to 49ers offense driving games. But 49ers defenses were really good back, back then, too. too. Um, and I think and it's, they're it's, just, it's... They're just not efficient. They're no. They're really not. That's, and it, part of it's the old line, you know. Part of it... Something else I heard from from Son was they it guy's a, a college coach or something and he, he said from what he's seen Kyle's not stacking plays in, in a good sequence what do you think are you, are you talking about in the second half or in the first half in the the second half he he said as soon as that oh you usually middle second through the third when they're off script the play and we like we, we saw this Andy he'll call plays in the first half to set up stuff in the second half so is Kyle not doing that, or is the execution off? Oh, the execution's definitely off. I mean, any time that it got to third down, Mike McGlinchey got bowled over by Chris oh, Jones. Did. God, that was bad. Um, so I, I don't know how you account for that, other than the fact that the next time you play them, you know you have to chip, or you know you have to give help, or you have to make an adjustment that way. 
I think you would like for in-game you know, adjustments, but when you put together a plan and you believe that Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey are going to be able to handle their players because Clark hasn't been great this year. Carol no, Loftus hasn't been great this year. So you're thinking, oh, we can handle them on the edge. And then you don't. Um, you can either do, do two things, adjust on the fly, or you try to hope that those players can get it done. And that's what we've seen some. Now, does Kyle at times go through lulls as far as play calling where he gets uh, structured into certain runs and stuff? Yeah, he does. But I think that's always been like kind of his plan is that he has certain parts of the game where he wants to limit the, the clock and take away time. I think that his play calling is often scrutinized more than it should be. I think he's his play calling is probably more scrutinized in 49ers land than than any other team scrutinizes their play, their oh, play caller. Oh, absolutely it is. But I think that <laughs> um you know, I think Kyle I think he needs to just go out there with reckless abandon and really, you know, be aggressive play caller and when I say that I don't mean throw the ball around. What I mean is be exotic with your looks, with your calls, with the run game and the pass game. And now that he's got Christian McCaffrey and McCaffrey's going to be in, you know, more, you know, more plays. Now he'll have a better understanding of this offense. Kyle can move him and use him more coming out of the bye weeks where you're really going to see what this he's offense gonna, is going to yeah. look like moving forward. It better be a lot better after that. I I mean, you, you got to hope if it, if it's not, they're not going to be nope. in the playoffs. They're not going to make, be that team. So they've got to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I think the offense a lot of times is, is put, it's put on the play caller. When in fact, lack of execution is a real thing. If you want to criticize Kyle Shannon as a head coach for lack of execution by his players, you definitely yeah. can. But if you're calling him on a play caller, there is there times he doesn't play, you know, call the plays um, as well as he should, of course. But whenever you have drops and you have uh, sacks and you have things like that, people holding on the ball, people turn. How can you get in a really good rhythm as a play caller? That was one of the things that the Four Years offense did really well in 20, uh, 2019 was they didn't have those situations, so they were able to get rhythm. Think about it. When he had the runs that were going off, boom, 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 everything started flowing together. San, San Francisco still in the top top, top 10 for, for, for plays uh, of 10 yards or more, and their top six for plays of 25 yards or more. So they're getting the big plays too, which is interesting because they aren't really necessarily helping produce the points yet too. So it's like, boom, big play. And we have a offsides or a, a false start or or, or a holding or, or, or yeah, it takes a sack and they it nullifies it too. It just it it just it seems like there's just something that's just a little off. And it, it it sounds a lot like last year, right? Yeah, something is just missing. And what Kyle figured out last year was he started using Debo. I'm going to use Debo. I'm going to get him in these situations. It's going to help the offense. And then this year, no, it, he got his guy. I mean, it was 2019. It was Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. This year is Christian McCaffrey. What impact is Christian McCaffrey um, going to have on this football team? I think that's something, Jason, that we get to we get to kind of have fun with and talk about. But before we get to Christian McCaffrey, let's talk about Jimmy G and the drops. Um, because I, I think this is something that's hurt the 49ers over the last couple weeks is the first drive of the game, there's that third down play, and Brandon Uke's running the slant, and Jimmy Garoppolo puts it on him, and he gets dropped. Uh, later in the in the in the game, he throws one to George Kittle. I mean, he whips it. He throws it hard. Kittle that was a misses dime, it. Though. Yeah, and that was a dime. I gotta say that now I want to preface this so everyone understands. Jimmy Garoppolo has made mistakes in these games, but that's why it's Jimmy and the drops because Jimmy is it makes bad plays, and then the team is making bad plays around him and not helping him in the situations where he does well, and those things hurt 
Kyle Shanahan being able to call plays and this offense being able to get score touchdowns, this is something they have to figure out. Number one, Jimmy has to be the best Jimmy that he can be. And the team around him has to play at a higher level. You can't have drops with Jimmy G at quarterback. Exactly. No, that's 100% right. Like with Holmes or Allen or those kind of guys, if it, if you know Kelsey drops one and it, it's third and 10 or third and you know 12, it's not the end of the world because they'll find a way to make it happen. But with San Francisco and Jimmy, you know, third and 12, depending on the spot on the field, becomes a let's hand it off and punt. Right. Whereas with those top level QBs, you, you never see that. You, you never see the coach having to be like, oh, really? Well, I, I got to be careful here. I got to got to protect the team, you know? So, so yeah. So, so, and, and the other thing too is I, I found Kittle and Ayuk's comments after the game about the offense a little bit ironic since they had, they both had a couple big drops in the game too. So it's kind of like, yeah, you might want to check yourself before there like that. That probably wasn't game to come out because it, if you guys been, make those catches, that probably gets us more points there. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if both of them make those catches, number one, it moves the sticks. Yeah. Number two, that means Patrick Holmes is not on the field for a little bit longer. Even if that's one minute, uh, that's one minute longer that you don't have pa to deal with Pat Mahomes and the defense gets to sit there. Plus, it gives you an opportunity to continue the drive, potentially turn it into a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, those are important plays, and I, I think that we've seen lack of execution. And in this game, we saw it at all levels. Yep. Um, we saw lack of execution from the line, lack of execution from running backs, wide receivers, and a quarterback. And that you can't do that. And they, they made mistakes with penalties as well. You can't beat a really good football team like Kansas City when you don't play to the highest of levels. And that's what I think they found in this game. And you know what? I'm hoping this is a you know look in the mirror type moment. Don't be Spider Man pointing at each other. Yeah, nope. You know, uh, it's time to point like this and be like, you know what? I need to play better. And if I play better and you play better, we can all do it, right? So, I I think that I think there are games like this. The one good thing is, you know, they do have a very talented roster. They can overcome, but they've got to figure it out quick because you don't want to lose to the Rams and then come out of the bye and and struggle uh, against the Chargers. And find yourself behind the eight ball. Don't get into situations you were in last year. Four and four in the NFC, you are right in the thick of things. Oh yeah, you're three and five. You're still in it, but but it, it makes it more difficult. Yeah, because everyone's is three and four at, at this point. Really, it feels like it, right? Yeah, except Everyone... for, ex except except really for the Vikings and the Eagles. The rest of the NFC is. It... I, I still don't. Fighting the Giants, but this by this reminds me of the '90s, right? Where it was the it, the flip though. The NFC was so great. Yep. Niners, Cowboys, Packers, everyone's fantastic. You look on the other side, the AFC had like the Bills or you know the Steelers. They had like one or two teams. Everybody else that were at least that were okay. Yeah, not even really good. But it's flipped now. The AFC is that. It's, the it's NFC a monster. It is. And let's talk about a monster in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey came in. He played a lot more in this football game than I expected to play. He was electric. He was exciting. You seen him make some of those runs uh, that were nice. And then Kyle Shanahan, um, to his credit, did really good getting McCaffrey and also getting Jeff Wilson Jr., but even TDP some carries early yeah. on in this football game. And it felt like he had a nice rotation going with those running backs. He had three guys I felt that he could trust in this football game. And the expanded role that McCaffrey's going to get as time goes on, uh, is is really going to help this offense because we saw it right away. Um, what was the what was something we talked about was 
the guy that was going to have a it was going to impact the most was George Kittle. And we found Kittle getting those matchups that the 49ers really needed him to get. Because if you're focused on Debo and you're focused on Christian McCaffrey, you're probably not putting as much focus on George Kittle. Yep, it's true. McCaffrey is like, like, like I mean, going back to his days at Stanford, you just knew he was special. Like, he just, his movement, his vision, the catch the ball, everything about him is just different. Like, he's, 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 he's one of those genetic lottery guys where even among the elite athletes in the world, he jumps off the page. Like literally he's just different. And you saw that when he actually has an offensive line to open up some holes for him. It's, it's like he, in the next two weeks, I guarantee you he'll have, he'll have a 50 yard plus touchdown run. Like I, it just, it's going to happen. Like he, he's going to get, get a, a big enough seam and make one cut and be, and be gone. And, he changes the entire. He changes the whole team, really. Like he gives us a guy that we haven't. As much as we like Debo and Kittle, he he's the best offensive player that we've had probably since Dio. Like he he's just different. Like just get the ball in his hands, and on any any given play, he makes one guy miss, and he's gone. And, and we really haven't had that particularly that elite trait skill guy in a long time. I think what's interesting from Christian McCaffrey is. You can put a combination of players together, and it's tough to find him, right? He he's got that ability to be a Marsh, a um, uh, Marshall Falk, yep. uh, a Roger Craig, and, and Falk probably the the most Ew. realistic. I'm yeah. not talking about fumbles, but I'm talking about, <laughs> uh, I'm talking about thousand thousand guys. Yeah. Like, he did it. He, yes, there's yes. only a few guys that have done it. Like four, I think. Yeah, and with like a guy like Raheem Mostert, we didn't want to lose Mostert because that speed is ridiculous. <laughs> um, you don't want to lose that. But when you got McCaffrey, he's got that explosiveness in the run game. More shiftiness than I believe than Raheem Mostert. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But the element of the passing game that he can be a, a receiver, you know, as like Johnny Dell said, a run receiver. Yeah. It is ridiculous the amount of things Kyle's going to be able to do and the personnel groupings. And we don't even have Elijah Mitchell back yet. Yep. I think that's one of the things I'm I'm optimistic about is the offense is going to be more dynamic. The more comfortable Christian McCaffrey gets in into this offense, the more exotic things Kyle can do with him to be able to create for other players on the team, not just McCaffrey. But when McCaffrey gets the ball in his hands, everyone on defense holds their breath. <laughs> Sean McVay, they asked him about oh, what he thought. He said, <laughs> oh, uh, he's like, oh, no, because he knows that once they get this together, a, a McCaffrey, Debo, uh, Brandon, Ayuk, George Kittle yeah. offense, is gonna be it's gonna be dynamic as long as they can execute and Jimmy Garoppolo can find the right guy. Yep. Um, and those are still things that need to be determined, but they definitely have the firepower to do so. Yeah, hundred percent. They, they absolutely do. It's and then I, if you think even more, it's like next year with with Trey's ability to to run too. Yeah, that, right. Next the, year's gonna be even more. Eleven on eleven football. Yeah. Trey Lance is going to freeze those outside guys. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to have success in the run game this year because uh, Christian McCaffrey's great and Kyle Juszczyk and the blocking. But next year with Trey Lance, it could be even uh, even more dynamic. And yeah. and hopefully they open up the RPO game here moving forward because I they think teams are going to have to focus on McCaffrey to be able to stop him. Yeah. Let's talk about an area that I was very frustrated in. <laughs> 49ers special teams. So last year, my big complaint was punts. I could not stand the punt return Game for the 49ers, letting the ball hit the ground uh, was frustrating me to no end. Well, this year it's angled kickoffs. I can't stand it. Why would you kick off? New to, trend. 
yeah, I don't I don't understand it. Kick the ball out of the end zone when you're going against teams like this. I said all week, Dave Taub has a very good special teams. They're one of the best at returning. They're one of the best about not allowing you to return very far. And Isaiah Pacheco had over 230 yards return yards coming into this game on kickoffs. He's one of the better ones in the league. Don't do He's it. He's got 4-3 speed. Do not do it. And what do they do? Angle kicks. And once again, it comes back to kicking them in the butt. Yeah, do you want Kansas City to start as far back as possible? Absolutely. You know what else I don't want them to do? Start past midfield because you had a a huge kickoff return. Just stop, you know, and I think that I'm hoping that they're going to figure this thing out. I'm not saying don't do it every week. Once I'm saying just don't do it when you're playing a team with a dynamic returner with a really good special teams coach. Yeah, I... It it makes sense in some cases. It, it really does because if you get up high enough, you can get them inside the inside the twenty. But it's it doesn't need to be at every kickoff though. Like it, it, if he can put it in the end zone and just take the touchback, that's fine too. Like, let's let, let our defense do what it normally does. Yeah, and let's be honest. If Robbie Gold doesn't make two tackles a couple weeks ago. Um, they, there's two touchdowns against the 49ers special teams yep. because of it. And we've seen this. It's just not working. So uh, locate who the, the returner is. Now, do I think that the Rams have a dynamic enough returner to make something happen? No. So angle kick this week. Do your thing. But the next time you go against somebody that has a dynamic kicker, kick it out of the end zone, or I'm going to start screaming <laughs> at the TV. Come you, on. You almost did on Sunday. Oh, come on, Brian Schneider. It just kills me. And was I not saying it from the beginning, even when they were Before making Before the game, plays, even. It was frustrating me because I like, saw how good that special it. teams was. Yeah. So our special teams needs to play better. We need better complementary football. It's been the defense holding it down for this team. Yeah. Now that the defense has had some struggles, the offense and special teams need to make it. I love their game a little Yeah, bit. and they played the Tony Montana song before the game. <laughs> I wish it was the Tony Montana squad because we need that special team to be better. So let's flip the script. It's 49ers versus Rams week, the uh, game two in 2022. So it's it's at Levi South. Um, we know the 49ers fans are probably going to outnumber Rams fans, especially with the Rams struggling a little bit. It'll probably be two to one. So, Jason, let's talk about this game. Uh, what areas do you do you think the 49ers have to make sure they focus on to be able to beat the Rams? I mean, obviously, they need need to keep, have something similar to what they did versus, versus Cooper. And it, it, Stafford last game started to get the ball a little bit to Allen Robinson, so we, we need to be aware of that. But at the end of the day, just keep doing what we've done in the last Six of the last seven games, really. I mean, it's it, it's not hard, and and now with McCaffrey, it makes it even better. Like I, San Francisco, sh- with all the injuries still and stuff, it, it it still should be a San Francisco win. Like it, right, they're still healthy enough. Yeah, and the Bosa is going to be on. You know, week two of he him looked, being he back. Looks a little bit slow still. I, I I don't think him and Tarverius Ward are all the way healthy. They're, I think they're, they're coming in. They're trying to play to help their football team win, uh, which I commend them for. You know, Jimmy Ward's out there with a cast. He'll you know he'll be playing too. A weapon. Um, there'll be question marks on the outside. You know, with the 49ers second corner when we played the Rams before, we had Emmanuel Mosley and Eman locked it down. You didn't have to worry. That was what I kept saying. I'm not worried. So we got Diamond Lenore against Skoranek. I mean, that was the kind of the matchup or Diamond Lenore against Cooper Cup. Now Cup got great yardage in the first matchup but nothing after the catch right and it was the f- a 10 yard catch and down ta- 10 yard tackle. catch and down boom 
Yeah, and 49ers, you know, score uh, score 24, gave up nine. I thought that was a good performance for them. Yeah. There are avenues to be able to run the football in the Rams, to be able to throw the football in the Rams. So I, I think the Niners, you know, they know this familiar foe. Now, it doesn't mean that the Rams are going to play them the exact same way. In fact, they're going to adjust their game plan from how they played the 49ers in the first matchup. The one thing that was so clear early in that game, and now Armstead did play, Kinlaw played in that game, was they could not run the football in the 49ers. Yeah, no that was chance. the difference between last game and then the NFC Championship game where they were able to run the football consistently. Yep. But can Henderson go in there and get the run? Can they run cup on these fly sweeps? Um, do you think they have enough offense to score consistently against the 49ers? Not yet. It, I, I don't think Stafford this year kind of reminds me of uh, Aaron Rodgers in, in a little bit in, in that Rodgers last couple of years was always so Devontae's that he really didn't get the ball to Lazard or and, and, and now this year you see that, that their offense is having a hard time because he's like uh, where's Devontae so and I think Stafford has such a trust and a bond with Cup that he's not getting the ball out to everybody else so I, I don't think we'll see that yet because I, I don't think he feels comfortable yet with everybody else and especially in a a big game. Yeah, and they're missing. They're going to have be without their starting left tackle. No boom. He's gone. Their lines um, in tatters. Yeah, so their their offensive line is is really going to be struggling. The Warriors definitely have to put pressure on Matthew Stafford, force him to throw up some of those. Uh, yeah, he, he gives some options and opportunities for you to be able to make the play. One thing I do know is if the ball is possibly going to be intercepted by Tyshawn Gibson, we Ufanga need Talano Vonga around to pick it in off. In the vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> Gibson cannot come up with the football. We found Gibson's out why there. We found out why he's a defensive player. He's, a, uh, he's got bad that hands. That play, that, that interception against the Chiefs, he drove on that football Beautiful, very though, nice. Yeah. It was fantastic. He, he just couldn't finish it. Uh, but Hufanga made the play, which that's kind of what that's Hufanga what does. does. But you're right. There's some key matchups, you know, in this game. And of course, you always have to locate Donald when you're on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but he already doesn't know who Debo is. I wonder if he knows who Christian McCaffrey is because McCaffrey yeah, went off two them. weeks ago yeah. against the Rams for over 150 yards from scrimmage. Yep. That is what they have to prepare for. All the while knowing that they have to worry about Debo and Kittle and Kittle and NBA. Yeah. So I mean, Bobby Wagner's a good player. Jalen Ramsey's a good player. Aaron Donald's a good player. But do they have enough? Good players because I just watched film of Christian McCaffrey mix those guys up, and now you're putting him into a. And that was with the Panthers. That was with the Panthers. So, <laughs> like, Ugh. I mean, that the the 49ers may have gotten a weapon that helps them secure the NFC West, and we all know it, that's what John Lynch said when they made it. Hey, I I know this is one of those things that's the easiest thing to say, but uh, getting to the playoffs is the easiest going through your division, yep. and that rings true now because the 49ers are are definitely built to be able to win against their division foes. He's it I, I want us still to make one more trade though. You want one more trade? Yeah, because I'm starting to get a little worried about Brett. Well, well Wednesday they have to make so yeah. to, tomorrow they have to make a decision on Jason Brett. Either he's out, out for the year or he's back. Or he's in. And that's what I've been saying. I want to know before the trade deadline. And yep. the trade deadline is next week. So I believe it's November fourth. Yes, uh, we're gonna know exactly what's gonna go on there, and you're right. There might be a maybe a trade a trade out there for the Niners to address cornerback. I think if Verrett's not gonna be back, he's the to. guy. Now it yeah. could have been that they needed to push pause because they traded for McCaffrey. They didn't want to make a roster move by yeah. activating Jason Verrett. That could be number one. Number two, playing him against the Rams, even though it's turf and all that, it would mean he has a week off 
after that Afterwards. so that way he could get healthy again so something to monitor but jason it's time for that score prediction 49ers versus rams uh part do uh last, I, I, last I picked the rams and, and it went really well for us so it, oh you're gonna you're gonna pick the rams again just off the the luck factor. Oh sure. No. Like here we go with the Celtic Pride thing again. Oh, ew, Celtic Pride. That's disgusting. Uh, no, I'm saying the movie where they yeah. they're the bad luck guys, so they pick the pick against their team can't, every week. Celtic meme or anything. That's garbage. Mm -hmm. Niners 27-13. Niners 27 to 13. Jason, good job. You picked the 49ers against the Rams. I did. Well done. I think this game is I think this game is going to be pretty good. Uh, the, I think one of the key factors is going to be pressure. Of course, I'll make my prediction on the game preview show on it's, Thursday. It's the Fox main game too, right? It's the yeah, it's it's a one twenty Nelson game one twenty five matchup. So it'll it'll be a, it'll be a fun one to watch. I, I kind of thought it was going to end up being on like Sunday night football or something, but I, when you have Packers versus Bills, that's not going to be Sunday night. Uh, no, I think that game is going to be a massacre myself, but. I think that's going to be like like a thirty-eight to like like ten game. I think Buffalo's just going to run them through. Yeah, but the thing is, it's Aaron Rodgers. Well, no, I, it's I, Josh Allen. It writes itself. It does. <laughs> it'll be good for the first quarter. After that, it'll be over. So Forty ers according to Jason, are going to win twenty-seven to thirteen. Let us know what you think. Uh, of course, if you want to wait and give your score prediction on the game preview show, you can do that as well. Let us know what you thought about the entire episode. Like the video. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Really appreciate it. Thank you ever for everyone for watching another episode of the Ant Hill Show. Of course, there'll be another episode next week. Even though it's the bye week, we still are going to have a game to go over. Jason, I'm looking forward a to full that review of the Rams. Yeah, full review of that and kind of a you know a mid season, mid -season where the 49ers at. So mid season grades will come out. At Ooh, that point. mid season yes. grades. I always enjoy mid season grades from Jason. He's like, yeah, they're either a D minus or an A plus. <laughs> <laughs> Some, scale. Somewhere it's in there. Scale. Uh, but we're going to slide our butts right out of here. I hope you guys all have a good day. We'll, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Go Niners. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.